how you feel. No, you don't know how I feel. Welcome, everybody, to Satanists on Satan, or not Satanic Cinema. That's a different show. Satanists on Cinema. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> Satanists on Cinema is a film review and commentary series that Scott confiscates your holy shit. It's one of those days. It confiscates anyway, your holy we're gonna shit. We're going to confiscate your katana <laughs> because it's about time to admit to yourself that you're not a Ninja Turtle. Uh, we'll also take that old-ass bag of weed from you for your own good and ours as we watch Scrambled Cinemax channels hunting for boobies welcome to our spoiler filled review of super dark times oh, i'm so excited we could get together to talk about this right it's it was fun the second time not so much but we'll get into that. oh really yeah oh, hyped me up the second time more i was yeah <laughs> okay okay well let's <laughs> we'll, we'll get into this here uh shortly Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is, uh, like he mentioned, this is a spoiler-filled review. If you have not seen this 2017 film, right, this is your fault. Uh, I would just discovered this though, and mm -hmm. if it wasn't for Shutter, I never would have seen this at all. So it just yeah. popped up on Shutter one day, and I was like flipping through. I was like, "Oh, well, that looks kind of cool. I know that kid from Ozark," <laughs> and I started watching it, and holy hell, did it grip me! And just keep me. And first of all, nostalgia feels all over the place. Oh, absolutely. And it just it felt good, and and it was just the type of movie that just kind of sticks with you for a little bit, and then it kind of vanishes. I don't know. I enjoyed it. Um, the log it line. Great. It's it, it's it, for me. It's nice seeing something that takes place in the '90s versus the '80s, because yeah. of course everybody loves the '80s nostalgia and shit. Yeah. It's overdone. Mm -hmm. And with this, it's very clearly the '90s, but they don't rub it in your face. It's, yeah. I liked it. It was it was literally me growing up. Like this is the era that I graduated high school. Uh, this was my stomping ground times. Like this is, and the type of film this is is a callback to older styles of films. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it, it just seemed this perfect little gem of time. Yeah, definitely. Um, Full Tilt, thanks for joining us live, man. Marco, what's going on? Thanks for joining. Dog, how you doing? Yeah, just put your school book down. It's time for some real fun. But <laughs> keep the about... Trapper Keeper because you're going to need to protect yourself. You're definitely going to need the Trapper Keeper. Another callback um, to the early 90s. And uh, Rod, thanks for joining us. Anyone else after the fact? Thanks for tuning in. We're just going to talk about this film. We're going to spoil the hell out of it, but we're going to get into it here shortly. Uh, just by way of an introduction to you for what this film is, the logline is thus. Teenagers Zach and Josh have been best friends their whole lives. But when a gruesome accident leads to a cover-up, the secret drives a wedge between them and propels them down a rabbit hole of escalating paranoia and violence. This is directed by Kevin Phillips. This is his first full-length feature debut. Uh, it was written by Ben Collins and Luke Piotrowski. It was released in the U.S. September 29, 2017, and it got about a $33,000 box office take. Um, it takes place between 1994 and 1995 as like the earliest possible time because Clinton was in office, and it references the VHS release of True Lies. So other than that, it never literally says this was released this year or they, they are in I mean, he, school. He was 
playing Twisted Metal on his PlayStation, so that right. kind of that kind of adds a little bit more to the era. Man, that my friend had that for PlayStation. That's just fucking fun. I never got into it because I didn't have a PlayStation, but yeah, he That's seemed fair. to really love it. Um, anyway, so the the film is is really just presented as a, a sort of nostalgic dump. You're just mm -hmm. stuck in this world, immediately dropped into these these best friends. They're just sort of palling around on experiences. Are we immediately dropped into it? <clears throat> that opening, man. That's a that's a fucking opening. Uh, well, you want to talk about the opening? Oh well, no, no, you you go ahead. I'll, I'll see where you're going with this. I wasn't going to do any other. Like, what what were you referring to? Oh, the very opening of the movie. It's just such a weird setup. Um, with the deer bashing through the school, right, and then the cop having to like kick it in the neck until it's dead, like, right. That was a way to open a fucking. I totally movie. forgot about that. I and I just watched it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a heavy opening that had no bearing on anything at all. It was just like, yeah, this is what you can expect. We're gonna kick you in the fucking neck with this movie. This movie has been um, uh, compared to Donnie Darko, and. No, not story beat wise, but tone. And I think it has a little bit yeah. of that. Like you can kind of feel moments of it. And maybe mm -hmm. it's just because they're both in school and stuff like that. But I don't know. But um, that intro felt very Donnie Darko to me. And mm -hmm. then outside of that intro, I didn't pick up anything. Donnie Darko. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like you said, it was just this really strange occurrence. And I'm sure it's some like foreshadowing that the director or the writers decided to throw in there for the catastrophe that would come and there's no real way that you can deal with it so you have to sort of you know put it down like the deer didn't intend to kill itself it just sort of happened maybe that's some weird uh, i'm reaching yeah <laughs> some weird connection or something but yeah it was very strange mm. but we're dumped into this relationship with these best friends uh, played by Owen Campbell. He's Zach and Charlie Tahan. He's Josh. And they're just living their lives, going to school, hanging out in uh, uh, Zach's basement, watching. And I did this as a kid growing up. Where Everybody did. <laughs> if you had a friend who had cable, but they didn't have like the adult packages or anything, or they didn't have it in their room, which was the case with my friends, um, you would see have static channels, which were like the adult channels. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, you'd see like a blip single shot of like what was actually on screen. So you could mm -hmm. see naked bodies from time to time, but you just had to watch the whole time. And so mm -hmm. that's sort of the background of my youth. And that's the background of, you know, the sort of opening scenes, them looking through their yearbooks mm -hmm. saying, I'd totally do her. She's super hot. She shouldn't be a teacher. She's too hot to be a teacher. I would totally have sex, you know, just talking shit like kids yeah that's what you did with your yeah. yearbooks it was crazy that it was mm. so spot on i don't know it it, 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 just... it is refreshing to see somebody write for kids of a specific era and actually get it right yeah because it seems like as soon as you hit like 25 you forget what being a kid was like oh for and sure. it just it's such a shame yeah and especially because there's you know there's no internet or anything at this time mm -hmm. or at least it's not pervasive in any in any form and mm -hmm. so uh you know they're looking at magazines or they're looking at you know static uh, porn channels and then they're just driving their bikes to meet friends and actually go yeah. outside and do things and that struck me st so odd because you don't see that nowadays anymore right 
and not knowing where your kids are. Yeah. I remember when that used to be a thing. Like, they don't have watches or phones that you can be tracked or... Yeah. I don't know if anyone ever did beepers on their kids. That'd be weird. But, um... Yeah, they just... a buddy like that. Oh, really? <laughs> at a beeper. Yeah. That's how we Poor that's guy. how we knew what drugs we were gonna do because you know you type in that's certain a numbers. real thing, but, yeah. but it was just for drugs. <laughs> it was never for. Oh no no it was so his dad could track him. Oh really? That's weird. Like uh, keep in touch with him. Look, you need to get home. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I I do love that scene because again I lived it every day growing up where they're getting ready to leave the house and he just starts shouting out, "Hi right, mom, we'll be back. We're gonna go to the and then he just leaves, mm-hmm. and the mom's like what <laughs> like yeah. she doesn't really care because she's not really worried about anything this is just the way kids were back in this time mm-hmm. <laughs> way back in the 90s <laughs> hey dude that was a long fucking time ago like if this shit I takes guess. place in 94 that's almost 30 years ago if you think about it it that is crazy to think about <laughs> right that is, that that kind of blows my mind a little bit yeah it's just like oh no that was like that was like 20 years ago <laughs> Yeah, I just think it was like yesterday because that's how I feel in my head still. Right. Just a stupid little kid. Um, yeah, so they go meet up with friends at like the local 7-Eleven, you know, like mm-hmm. a version of it. I don't know if they have those all around the world. <laughs> if you know, a local gas station basically. But it's yeah. like even the gas station's weird. It's just like this rundown, no-name mm-hmm. gas station, which are all around Salt Lake City. And I'm sure they're mm-hmm. all around Ogden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we... When I was growing up, we had a gas station like that. And that's where you'd go buy your beer and cigarettes because they never checked ID. <laughs> yeah. I had to shop around at different gas stations to find the ones that would sell me cigarettes. It sucks. So just always new kids that worked there. Like there would be like a couple grades ahead of me. And they'd just be like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Oh, that's a good idea. That's yeah. cool. It was always it old was people. Like old wrinkly leather looking adults that nice. I would be able to get uh, my cigarettes from. So uh, <laughs> they go and they're just sort of goofing around like kids. And it's really setting up this frame of these are just normal friends in a normal environment doing normal kid things. And mm. so you're starting to wonder, like, what's the thriller aspect of this? What's really going on here? <laughs> Is there going to be yeah. like an alien invasion or something? Like, I don't understand what's happening. There's no Jason stepping out from behind trees. We know that. Um, and it was refreshing that you had to earn the the inciting incident mm-hmm. it wasn't something that was like teased it's gonna happen it was just like no this is everyday life la 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 bam it happens and yeah well like, i mean it, it was kind of teased during that scene like you knew it, what was gonna happen right but, i guess i mean like before they even get to the park oh yeah yeah, yeah you're course. just having such a I, I don't was it like a half an hour it felt like a very Pretty long time close. it was like 20 30 minutes before the catalyst of the film actually happens yeah so Which they, is great. That's so refreshing to see something like that. They go to Josh's brother's room in Josh's house, which is like the basement room. Mm-hmm. And they're just kicking around with this super cool, cool room. Josh's brother went into the Marines. And so he's just mm-hmm. sort of, you know, out of the house. He has like nunchucks. They're like playing with nunchucks. I totally did that as a kid. He had a katana. Okay. I had a katana as a kid. Um, like this was just like every, and they had like girls posted on the walls and, and ceilings and stuff. And like this, uh, What's this kid's name? Uh, Max Talisman, who plays the character of Daryl. It's his first film he's ever been in, and you can kind of tell. And I can't tell if they were trying to lead him up as, like, he has a couple extra chromosomes or not. That's kind of, that was my take of it. 
Like he so did kind of seem like that slow friend mm-hmm. that if it would have been a decade or two later, they would have diagnosed him with something. Yeah. But given the era, it's just like, oh, he's just a little slower than everybody else. Yeah. Super hyper, but like doesn't seem to be all there. But mm-hmm. but then some points it does seem, I don't know, he, he's totally controlled by his emotions. So it does make me feel like mm-hmm. he's on the spectrum. So that's not really the same thing at all. <laughs> I don't know. There's something off about the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just tell that from the very first scene at the gas station when they first met. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, and then this entire film is set up with vignettes of experience. You mm-hmm. get these just sort of really intense, intimate scenes of sitting in class and just sort of obsessing about the girl in front of you or... um uh, you're sitting in the hallway talking to your friends and then some kid just randomly runs down the hall crying. It doesn't explain why. There's no need to. It's just mm. a moment that is captured on film and we're all just like, yeah, yeah, that's high school. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> this is how it works. I, that's what I love about this is it's just this mm. massive collection of like Polaroids of just your own childhood. Like, I have been in that class a billion times and I have done those things a billion times and it just feels so in your pants and then had to run out to the bathroom to clean yourself well I haven't done that (laughs) but I'm still young oh my god that had me rolling so fucking hard when that shit happened I'm getting this weird what the fuck is that someone is like contacting fucking windows man I don't know how to silence that dunk sound that popped in but like this xbox game bar like popped up on my computer and someone's like contacting me so if you guys can hear that badunk sound i don't know how to turn it off and i'm sorry that you have to hear that i don't even have an xbox connected to this computer so i don't know why it's happening it is really strange anyway it's it's skynet great thanks skynet (laughs) um I, I literally don't even know who it is, too. That's the worst part. It's just like a random person. <laughs> like, hey, be my friend. Um, and I was playing Nintendo uh, back in these days, too. These times. Good times. This was the Tomb Raider era, if memory serves. This was a lot of different things era. That's true. It was a good one. But yeah. Yeah, I love Tomb Raider. I love like those the height of video games. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so essentially they, they go down into the brother's uh, room and Daryl finds a bag of weed in this cup next to the bed. He's like, oh my gosh, can we? Can I just get a little bit of it? I really want to try this. And no one's done weed and none of these kids have, which actually breaks away from my youth experience. But, you know, they don't want to because it's his brother's stash. And he's like, I don't want to, you know, he's going to come back and he's going to find that it's gone or, you know, maybe it's gone bad or something. They're like, I don't think weed goes bad. So why don't you <laughs> just try this? Spoiler, it does. It can. It can shelf life for a very long time. Yeah. But yeah. if you keep it in a nice airtight container and keep it out of direct sunlight, yes. Yeah. You can start seeing like little fuzzies on it. Do not put that shit in a bowl. <laughs> okay, um, so they end up taking the katana to go mess with it at the park, and they're like setting up uh, milk cartons and like cutting them in half with the katana and stuff, just screwing around, you know. Just yeah. who hasn't done. done that? Yeah, just having fun. And uh, Daryl ended up smuggling the weed and rolled like the perfect joint after having never 
touched yeah, weed before. That was fucking impressive. <laughs> was the... Like, I mean, I was the resident joint roller in my group because oh, really? nobody else could. Like, I could, <laughs> I used to be able to roll a pretty mean joint, but that was gorgeous. Like, no, definitely not first time. <laughs> yeah, that bug that actually took me out of the moment because it, it, it looked like, and this is something that my friends would do. He like emptied a cigarette and then put like crushed up weed leaves and buds in the cigarette because it was that perfectly rolled. Mm-hmm. Clearly he didn't do that, but anyway. No, because I, I was looking for a filter the second time around yeah. and I didn't see one. Yeah. Um, they find out that he smuggled the weed as he's starting to smoke the joint uh, and smoking it as if he's never smoked a joint before, which I did appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Like it's a cigarette or something, but he's like so excited because it's his first time, just like I was my first time. Mm-hmm. Just, just stupid kids, and uh, he's like running around trying to stay away from them. And and yeah. Josh is getting really pissed. He's like, "Give me the god, give me my weed! How could you do this? Why did you do this?" And so uh, Daryl runs up and grabs the katana to try to keep them away from him so he could keep the weed. And eventually he's like, "You guys suck!" And just sort of has this sort of meltdown. Again, very ass, um, uh, very on the um, on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. you know behavior throws it down just starts stomping away and then it, josh still is like calling after him uh you know sort of making fun of him he turns around and charges josh josh grabs the katana and sort of like moves to defend himself daryl pushes him from behind josh mm-hmm. gets back up daryl rushes forward and the katana goes right into daryl's neck that was one of those perfect a24 moments yeah it's like oh it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen oh shit it happened (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was exactly right so good and then we got to see a little bit of the push into the neck and then we got to see blood flowing out so for those of us who in you know appreciate good practical effects and good gore this was pretty good i really thought it was great i had a really good time and the reactions of the other kids i thought were spot on Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? You're just freaking out. You don't know what the hell to do. So, um, ultimately... Well, even him. Daryl gets up and just bolts. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, you're gonna die. <laughs> Chill for a little bit. <laughs> Another sign I think he's on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. He doesn't rationally think things through in most cases. Like, he's not even breathing. He's gurgling blood mm-hmm. as it's gushing out of his throat. I do love that line, though, when um, Zach says, should I pull it out? And everyone's like, yeah, he's like, okay. And then uh, it was Charlie played by Sawyer Barth who was like, no, don't pull it out. Mm -hmm. And that's when you see the real gush of blood oozing out. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like a horror film, like splatters. Like it wasn't Ash versus the Evil Dead Mm -hmm. type, you know, nonsense. It was realistic. Yeah. Which I really appreciate because this whole film so far has been totally grounded. Nothing Mm -hmm. hyperbolic, over the top, anything. It's just like, yeah, this is a dark reality that you're going to be experiencing. And we did. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the though, title says it all. <laughs> it's yeah. a laugh riot. I mean, this was like the inciting incident, but I don't think it was the darkest moment. No. It gets way darker. Oh yeah. So, uh, like you had mentioned, Daryl goes running away, not knowing what to do, not really <laughs> knowing what's happening. He doesn't know he's actively going to die. Probably. He's probably just thinking, oh, I got to get home. I got to get home. I got to go fix mm-hmm. this. Uh, trips and falls as they're running after him and he's just laying in um, this little gully it looks like uh, around just tons of leaves just laying there dead so the guys are walking up staring at him freaking out 
and they start panicking and J Zach starts throwing leaves on him. We got to cover it up. We got to cover it up. Josh is like, I don't know. Well, I don't know what to do. do you, you shouldn't, should we call someone or something? And ultimately they're like, no, we have to cover this up. We have to do something. And then Charlie comes yeah. walking up with the katana. He's like, we need to get rid of this too. So all three <laughs> of them, whether it's peer pressure, fear, whatever just decide we have to cover up this situation and so mm. they throw the katana in i don't know what that was like a hollow tree trunk it almost or? looked like there was some sort of like cave system yeah but i yeah i don't know so we don't actually get to explore in it so yeah so they just yeah. throw the katana down in there so it's out of sight out of mind cover up daryl with leaves out of sight, out of mind, and then uh, they leave. Zach ends mm -hmm. up taking and ditching uh, Daryl's bike and then just has this sort of freak-out moment and starts punching a wall yeah. really hard. <laughs> like yeah, Breaks really, his fucking hand. Really hard. Breaks his goddamn hand. Uh, I sort of glossed over this moment where Josh and Zach are sort of oogling over the same girl. It's mm -hmm. Allison, played by Elizabeth Cappuccino. I can't believe that's her last name, but that's what it says. That's a pretty awesome last name. Yeah. Um, but Allison is like the dreamy girl. She played, um, um, what? Oh, geez. Jessica Jones as a, a, a young girl in some flashback scenes of the Netflix series, I believe. Hmm. But um, anyway, uh, Zach ends up going home and, you know, he has bloody knuckles and stuff. And Allison is there to invite him to her birthday. She mm -hmm. clearly likes him. He's mm -hmm. obsessively likes her. But again, these are kids. And I think the way they present this is not realistic. These are kids in high school. And they're acting like they've never, like, kissed anyone before or gone to first base um, before. As... A nerdy little fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I bought that completely. Because <laughs> it's like, hey, man, I was there too. <laughs> okay. Like, even in high school, fuck, it's, it was, uh, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm not bragging. I have yet to have sex, but someday. <laughs> someday. Dang, you've got two fuck trophies, goddammit. <laughs> that means you had sex at least twice. <laughs> at least twice. Yeah. <laughs> Assuming they're yours, I, I don't know. I'm just paying for them. Oh, fair Does enough. that count? I mean, I guess it's that possession point. is nine tenths of the law. Yeah, um, yeah. So they, it, but again, it does feel real. It feels genuine. So hats off to the actors because I think they did a phenomenal job with their awkwardness and their uncomfortable connections, but desires and that scene where he's sitting down and he's still bathing in the horror of he what he just witnessed and helped hide and his hand is just swelling and then he's in this intimate situation where Allison comes and sits in his bed in his room as he's trying to bandage his hand up without washing it yet by the way and yeah. she is like in heat mm -hmm. 100% <laughs> she's just like getting all close she's doing that thing that girls do with the guy's hair where she's like rubbing her hands in his hair and like pulling the hair down a little bit so sexy like that is the thing to do to guys at least it was for me um no it is for me it's awesome and uh so she's like pulling him <laughs> in close and he is like starting to crying almost trying to hold back the tears and mm -hmm. she's like uh, you know it must really hurt he's like yeah my hand does hurt a lot but <laughs> it's like he, he just saw his friend get killed accidentally by his other friend the mm -hmm. tension and sexuality in this scene is incredible 
just off the charts acting. I mean, mm-hmm. it was so good. Um, and then they don't even really kiss. That's yeah, throughout he, the entire fucking movie. He brings his hand up to her chin and does the sort of like cheek neck thing, and then he moves his hand to her shoulder, and it's just like, oh man, I know what that's like. <laughs> I know you're too afraid to make the move, but you're already making the move, but you don't know it. And right. Oh, it's like, gosh. she's already done all the work. You just mm-hmm. need to finish it up. Yeah. In her head, she's just like, come on, bitch. <laughs> Kiss me. What's wrong with you? Yeah. I'm setting it up. It was so, so good. Um, and then the dream starts happening. I mean, you know, she leaves yeah, and the mom, the mom is, first of all, I don't, I don't have who, who played her or anything, but she was great in this single mm-hmm. mom obviously adores her son not in a weird way but um in a single mom way like she she's not getting any out there so she has to get a little bit of intimacy from her son by way of you know hugs and you know being really really invasive in his life in some cases but at least that's my vibe off of it what did you think yeah about her inviting allison to go to his room and then her going and sitting in the lazy boy with a romance novel reading it as she's uh, assuming they're in there doing naughty things yeah she's like that was a short visit <laughs> it's like mom mom is cool with that shit like i wasn't even allowed to have girls sleep over until i moved the fuck out of my own house <laughs> i couldn't yeah we had to have doors open yeah Ugh. like it's yeah that, that i that i kind of was just like man either that's the coolest fucking mom or she's a total pervert and she just wants to hear that yeah it's one um, of the two i mean if she has the book and then she has some audio to go with it she's immersed yeah uh, that's that's fair i mean you gotta <laughs> do what you gotta do i guess it's it, presumably a small town so yeah whatever it felt odd though to me yeah it felt odd and i didn't pick up on it heavily until i watched it the second time i was like oh wait a second <laughs> wait a second <laughs> Yeah. she's listening <laughs> she's like right next to them like right. she's basically like two steps away from pulling a condom out and putting it on his dick for him <laughs> let me show you how it's done honey <laughs> oh. you, you can't do it with your hands so let me do it <laughs> yeah no this is oh that would kill everything <laughs> or it's set up for a killer porno right i mean what do i do <laughs> um <laughs> they're not my family i don't care um yeah, it was it was a really really great scene. I loved it. Uh, and then that first dream sequence, and we're in full, like scaring Adam mode. <laughs> that freaked me out. I yeah, God, I can't praise that shit enough. Like that is something that people really need to utilize. The whole idea of shit happening during the day. Like it's so much scarier when things happen in the middle of the fucking day. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, that was sort of dusk, so it was kind of on the darker side but it's still it was a day when i was in um so i've mentioned this a thousand times but um a friend of mine killed himself in high school and so i sort of obsessed about that during my final years of high school Mm -hmm. and i was really in these weird head spaces and i had so many freaky dreams about him um in what happens after you die and you know like the next stages that he was waiting for and so i like i would literally have conversations with him when i was asleep and so this dream sequence felt a little too real to me when Mm -hmm. you know at first he's like what time is it someone's banging on his door he's like what time is it mom mom what time is it he says like six times or something like that like we're hanging there and that's our first cue that this is not real (laughs) like this Mm -hmm. is full dream 
Um, and so he like goes out and there's this open window into his living room that the window is no, the glass is no longer there. And all this mist is coming in and the Christmas tree standing there because apparently it's Christmas. And um, then the static of the TV is just sort of running and he like turns and in the hallway is this fucked up faced Daryl just standing there. Mm hmm. That scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. Like, yeah. he felt it was going to happen. But it was just too real. And then Daryl's looking at the ceiling, and he starts looking up to the ceiling, and there's this hole in the ceiling with a pool of blood just, like, hanging out. It's like, what? just swirling. What's that? Uh, it was swirling. It was, yeah, it was yeah. Like quite the trip. Really, really freaked me out. And then he was suddenly on the ground, with Daryl on top of him and blood all over. Mm -hmm. and, and he wakes up with this huge pain in his side. He's calling for his mom who comes to take care of him like a good mother. That dream sequence was... And we got to talk about the sound design really quick. Because holy shit. shit this film was, would have been nothing without that sound design. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what movies are. You know, pictures and sound. But goddamn, Like, I mean, that was another prime example of less is more. Mm-hmm. Like, half the time, I didn't even, you know, catch it. Even, like, so usually the first time I watch a movie, I just am in the movie. Like, I don't think about it. I just, I'm there. You know, you tell me what I'm supposed to think. And then, you know, subsequent viewings, that's when I go through and pick apart the movie. I still, like, you know, second time around watching this, like, just completely zoned out. Like, didn't even pay attention to the music. But it's so heavy and so there and so visceral. Like, it's just fucking fantastic yeah among the many awards this film won it won best sound design in a feature film mm -hmm. at the 2017 music and sound awards i mean that's just speaks to what it is it, it really mm -hmm. really helps draw you in and it it does a really good Absolutely. job yeah um and this those dream sequences especially rely heavy on on those sounds uh okay so um he goes to school and he's trying to you know, cope with what just happened and his friend isn't there. His friend isn't there for a couple times, of, uh, a couple days of school. And so he goes to his friend's house, finally gets in and talks to him. He's like, look, you need to tell me what the hell's going to go on before you do anything. We need to be yeah. on the same page. Like I I'm freaking out. And he's trying to explain to his friend that he's willing to help him cope through it without really knowing how, how could mm -hmm. you? And his friend is sort of shutting off and shutting down and just sort of withdrawing within himself um, and Josh, at this point, do you think Josh has switched in his head or do you think he's just still on the verge? See, I don't know. And that's, that's part of my problem with this movie. Like, you know, especially with the log line, cause it sets up that it's two characters. Yeah. And I mean, really there's, you know, a whole ensemble, but really just focuses on the one kid. Um, my best thought is because you don't really get much of a reaction out of him until, other guy starts talking about, oh, well, I'm going to go back. And that's when Josh, like, just really perks up. and is like, oh, you can't go back to the scene of the crime. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. So I took that two ways. One, he hadn't been back. And then it was, you know, subsequent thinking about it. He goes back and does, you know, what we find out at the end of the movie. Um, or, you know, he freaks out because he doesn't want to get caught because, I think, you know, one of the other possibilities is that after everything was said and done and, you know, the bike was gone and all that, he went back, you know, to look at what he was doing and then 
you know, mutilated the body. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it doesn't set it up, and I, yeah, all the thinking about it, I, I, I haven't figured out where it happened. This, this, he did. Charlie Tan did such a wonderful job playing this role, mm -hmm. um, because even when they were friends at the very beginning, there was a sort of a, a dark, menacing note to his stare. Mm -hmm. Like there would just be these scenes and I don't know if it's the glasses or if he's just playing the character and he knows where the character is going to go. So he sort of sets it up, but there was already something off a little bit, but you sort of mm -hmm. forgave it because Zach was so affable and, and, you know, just so, so such a cool kid that you just thought, well, you know, everyone's a little bit weird in their own ways. But now when he's visiting him after having missed a couple days of school, that, sort of thousand yard stare that he shouldn't have developed yet is really on full force. So I do honestly mm -hmm. think that he's had days, like two days of not being in school. One of those days was down at the Creek. Yeah. I, that's, it's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. And it, it very much sets up this idea. Like his, his glasses are this barrier between you know, there's that saying, the eyes are the windows to the soul. So the glasses, because it's always reflected, you're, you rarely see his eyes. Um, it's like this barrier between his soul and the world. Mm -hmm. And at first, it helps shield the horror of what he did, accidentally, but still what he did. Mm -hmm. But then it becomes a sort of like a Michael Myers mask. Like it's not quite real on this side of the lens. You know, mm -hmm. it's not quite real, I this side of the mask or something like that. That's how I'm taking anyway. And he loses all humanity. Like, mm -hmm. when he's sitting there playing his uh, Twisted Metal, it's like the last little flickers of humanity. And as soon as, to your point, when you mentioned, you know, should we go back down there and see? He's like, no, no. I think that's when he, he loses. He's like, I am going to be caught. I mm -hmm. am going to be discovered. And... I'm not sure I care because I kind of want to feel this sensation again. Mm -hmm. uh, and so he's like, Hey, I, you know, I'm going to Allison's birthday party. You should come. And he's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. Um, anyway, they go to the party later and I'm skipping another dream sequence that he had in school where he, Oh, I'm not going to skip that dream sequence. <laughs> so he's in class. It doesn't reveal he's in class, but it, it, it seems like he just went down to the Creek to investigate the dead body. Mm -hmm. And then he lifts up a leaf and it's Allison's naked body. I mean, she has like mm -hmm. a bra and underwear on. Um, and he's got nothing but boxers on at this point. And it, the, the, the camera angles and the score and the intensity of the moment, like they actually just start having sex in the creek, in the leaves. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Josh is standing at the, the ridge looking down at him. And he turns back and sees Josh. And then he wakes up in class from the teacher prodding him to wake up. And he like totally just splooged all in his pants. And so he had to run off and go into class. Uh, I mean, go into the bathroom. I, I think it was up. because of the amount of drooling that uh, Chick Face was doing in his dream. Wow. Like just that entire, just bleh. I mean, that would have done it for me too, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, it was, it was, it was an intense scene. Very intense scene. That I really appreciated was in that <laughs> film. <laughs> uh, and so uh, ultimately he gets to Allison's party. Um, 
and it ends up not being this little like a couple kids watching movies like it was planning to be because the parents had left and so you know her uh, allison's friends uh just sort of upped the ante and got a bunch of booze and stuff and so they're having like an a proper party that all teenagers in films always have but rarely in real life ever have right it's like you can count on one hand how many times you do that a year yeah very very raw uh raw rare <laughs> very rare and very raw <laughs> and raw i'm still on that dream sequence so uh he he goes and you know says happy birthday to her in the backyard and she clearly again sees him and she's in heat she wants him to stay she wants to be near him and josh is already there and josh gives her a birthday present and it's the bag of weed that they were trying to say you need to get rid of that or josh was saying he needs to burn it and i think zach didn't want him to because he wanted everything to be normal the same as it was before something like that i can't remember exactly yeah, he didn't want to point. mess anything up for right. when his brother got back but um Josh gives it to uh, to him, and there's some bullies in the early scene of the film. One of the sort of druggy kids that was with the bully in the scene is now at this table, and he's basically mm -hmm. like, "Look, you know, I, I need his score. Can you hook me up?" And Josh is like, "Yeah, sure, I can hook you up." <laughs> you find out the next day that um, the drug dealer kid is dead. He's discovered at the bridge, and it showed a scene early on that they were playing on the bridge. So, you know, it's known that the kids go and kick it around the bridge and stuff. And so, you know, the assumption is he fell and he died. But Zach's not quite convinced. He knows mm -hmm. his friend Josh is off. There's something not right. He's got that thousand-yard stare. He's not really communicating at all with uh, Zach. And so he starts to think, maybe my friend killed him. Uh, maybe my friend has lost his fucking mind. He's not listening to me, his best friend. We're not communicating at all. And he starts to become terrified of him um, and terrified of what he's capable of, knowing that he's murdered once. He went back to the scene and mutilated the body. And now this other kid is dead. He assumes he killed him. Mm -hmm. He's pretty terrified of him at this point. He starts doing his own little investigations, um, which ultimately leads to a bit of a confrontation at Zach's house between Josh and Zach. And Josh is like, whatever you think about me isn't true. You don't know me. You're afraid of me. And mm -hmm. they're like, you're my best friend. Why are we talking? Why are we having communication anymore? Um, and then they just end up arguing and, and sort of going their separate ways. And at that point, I think jo or Zach is pretty much sure that Josh has lost it and he is gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is that's the driving point to go back to the uh to see the body mm -hmm. which ends the movie essentially yeah and and so i did skip over that which is really important so um zach goes back discovers that he the body's been mutilated and that the katana is missing and so now his, he's convinced he needs to find that katana and he's convinced that josh is behind it all so josh must mm -hmm. have the katana he breaks into his house looks around doesn't find it and then uh finds out that allison's phone number is on zach's call uh call waiting box what are those mm -hmm. called I, don't, I can't remember what those uh are. caller id caller id boxes or the voicemail whatever yeah well anyway he finds out that the number's there and so he immediately thinks oh my gosh he's gonna go kill allison uh do you want to take it from here i've been like talking all day <laughs> no no you're good uh yeah so that's that's really this is like fucking speed round i mean it's still uh, you got a minute with the movie but it's just crazy like how fast it happens yeah uh like as soon as he hits that that switch in his mind like oh fuck he did it he's fucking hauling ass like and this part I, I didn't get this part either uh like he rode his bike to the creek of course um or sorry we're in utah i should call it a creek um anyways he goes out there 
um, you know, discovers a mutilated body, discovers that Katana's missing, and it's just like, fuck! So instead of hopping on his bike and hauling ass to get to Chick's house, he instead runs. Yeah, that's so, stupid. That doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I didn't get that at all, but whatever. I get it. And you didn't even need that either, because you could have still had the same distance. It was an unknown mm. distance. Yeah, yeah. There, we have no frame of reference. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, we've seen the house before, of course, um, because that's how everything starts. Like, they're walking home, and, you know, he's talking about how he got a stiffy, and then, mm. you know, he screams penis, and then they run. It's funny. Um, but, yeah, so he gets to the house, and then, you know, you know, he's pounding on the door, freaking the fuck out because he needs to talk to her. He needs to see her and he needs to make sure she's OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, she's not there. She's at her friend's house. Uh, the brother who, like any other day, probably would have just kicked the shit out of him, um, finally gives up to him where he thinks she is. And then he takes off to there. And that's, you know, I mean, this is when it's really heavy because it's basically cutting between him trying to find her and... Um, God damn it. Why do I keep forgetting his name? The Zach? Glasses kid. Zach, there we go. Oh, no, the glasses kid is Josh. Okay, Josh. Yeah, I keep mixing up the names. Anyways, um, so it cuts between the two of them and their experiences. And, you know, he's over there. He's got the katana wrapped up in a towel. He's got a bag of pot. And, you know, as soon as we go back to him actually being in the house, he does this awkward Varg thing where he's chugging a glass of milk. Um, like, if you guys like black metal, you know how funny that is. Um. And yeah, the suspense is just really building because you know what he's going to do. Like, he's fucked. You just see it in his eyes. And of course, the girls have no idea. They're just like, oh, hey, you brought us drugs. Cool. <gasps> Wait, they're free? Let's go fucking smoke. <clears throat> um, and then, of course, that's when Zach gets to the house. He's going in all ninja style, even though why? Um, gets up the stairs. He's creeping. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Apparently got the Rona or some shit. I hope not. Uh, no. Forgot my damn drink. Ah. Um, yeah, so he gets up there and he discovers... Because last thing we saw was um, the friend playing with the katana. And then Josh like, oh, my turn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, we assume what's going to happen next. <coughs> Excuse me. Yep, catch my breath. Um so yeah, as soon as Zach actually gets up there and sees, you know, friends dead on the the bed, just covered in blood, and then the girl's tied up and she's got slashes on her neck, and Josh is not letting him in. Yeah, and just real intense battle of him trying to get in there, trying to rescue. Um, I forget, didn't he? Cl- yeah, he climbed up onto a van and like, you know, ran across the roof and all that shit to get into the room. Real badass stuff. Yeah. And Josh like ran off after he got in and he was like calling for him the whole time. He's freaking out. Like this is serious. Like one girl is dead and his girlfriend, his would be girlfriend, the girl he really likes is going to be dead. And his best friend is doing it all. So he yeah. is like frantically freaking out. He breaks in and finds her. She's like wrapped up with um, Christmas lights and stuff mm-hmm. by the wrist and stuff. She just has like a, a shirt on and nothing else. And I mean, it looked like he was, you know, doing that weird taunting thing that bad guys always do. Like stand over you and just sort of monologue for a while, as yeah. just like cutting slices in her neck. Real creepy shit. Oh yeah. Uh, and then you get this really kind of interesting house uh, cat and mouse game between Josh and Zach, where mm-hmm. Zach is trying to you know say, hey, what the hell is going on? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? 
And then Zach, Josh like runs out with the katana like right into his head. Zach brings up the arm. Now it has a cast on it, but it still goes a little bit in his skull. Oh, and so man, he has that was so rough like the sound the sound it made oh my god it was like hitting a coconut slides the katana out of his skull and uh cast and blood's just pouring and gushing at this point and i'm having like crazy freak out mode because i'm like oh my gosh something's in his head oh yeah like did it go to his brain is his brain cut is he gonna start like trying to lick his own ear or something i don't know come from brain damage (laughs) and he's just looking at his friend like what is happening why and you just look at josh and josh is like is she dead he like he doesn't care about anything he just wants Mm. to kill he is obsessed with ending life and this has been his sole focus it's like he's so tunnel vision at this point he doesn't even know who he is anymore Mm -hmm. he just has to do this act this is like the birth of a serial killer and uh i don't know like i i think they could easily do another movie or something but i don't think they will yeah, I mean, if he hadn't got arrested, like if he had I mean, got they away. did that for Jay or uh, yeah, uh, Michael, you know, he was institutionalized and then he got out. That's true. That's true. So uh, let's see. Yeah, it, but there people. was always sort of a supernatural element to that. Like, it's true. You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, you don't get shot six times and then walk away. Yeah. Part of and part of what I love about this is that it wasn't supernatural mm-hmm. in any way. This was yeah, all no, this sort was... of shit going crazy. Yeah, this was small town anywhere in the 90s. This could have happened. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And if you ever watched the West Memphis 3, Oof. they blamed this stuff like this happening on the kids. Yeah. So, and, and put them away. Um, so this this is like a real occurrence. You know, that's why it's so grounded in reality and gritty and dirty and, and just horrible, truly horrible that it's believable, which is kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> But it, they end up breaking out outside as uh, Zach is trying to get away from Josh. And Josh is just trying to cut him off at every turn and corner and cutting him a little bit more each time. And it gets to the point where they're, uh, uh, Josh stabs the katana down through Zach's thigh. And he's on the ground laying there bloody. And yeah. uh, like they fight the, the katana to fly away a little bit. And he starts choking him and stuff. And you just see this shot of a little girl across the street just staring and watching him. Yeah. As the ending, do you want to tell uh, tell him the ending? Yeah, so I mean, we get that, and it's just sort of like, well, that kid's fucked for life. <laughs> um, and then, you know, of course, with all the screaming and shit, an adult intervenes, um, which I this part I thought was absolutely fucking hilarious. Um, so of course, the adult grabs the kid that doesn't have the katana in his fucking leg, um, pulls him away, and is like, "You need to separate. You need to separate," or whatever he said. And that's, you know, when he gets up, walks over, just. Pops him right in the fucking face and drops him. It's awesome. like, yeah, that's... I like to think I would do that if somebody stabbed me. Just get up and you're an asshole. Whack! Yeah. Um, and then that's when the police show up. Uh, like, as, you know, he's falling to the ground. You get the lights. Um, next scene, you see... Um, God damn it, why do I keep forgetting his name? Zach. Zach. Uh, you see him in the back of an ambulance. Josh was in the... Or yeah, yeah, Josh you're in right. the ambulance. Zach was in the Zach ambulance. Was... Josh was in the police car. Okay, so I had it right. Yeah. You were... Anyways, um, and then it doesn't really say what happens after that. I mean, obviously, you're going to presume that you know one's going to prison, the other one, I don't know. I would imagine he ends up going to prison because, well, he covered up a murder along with you know two of his other friends. Never mind. Um, I'll go to juvie. 
I I don't know, man. Like I've like I had a buddy that did some time over some dumb shit when he was a kid. Really? Like yeah, like he did big boy time uh oh, just shit. for driving when he picked his uncle up and had no idea what happened. Oh like, shit. Like it was it was some shit. So I don't know. Um and this was right around the same time era. So like I I'd believe that he was locked up as well. Yeah. Um so yeah, we presume that's all tied up and everything, and then it goes into the future a little bit, and uh, you know she's back at school, and like I, I could have swore that the kid across the street was the kid sitting behind her. If yeah, not, it has cool. to be a relation. It has to be a relation to the kid that was across the street because looked just like him. Um, but yeah, like you know that's where Zach fell in love with her. Essentially, was sitting behind her and stuff, and, you know, rubbing her neck. Well, she starts doing that again and then fills the scars, drops her hair, and just, you know, it shows how much of a badass she is that she's <laughs> like, oh, I'm back to real life now. I'll always have the scars to remember what happened, but, oh, yeah, I know the answer to that. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that was, it was such a weird ending. You didn't need that. Why Why do you think they included that? I don't know. I I really don't know. I mean, it's... My guess would be because just ending it at that scene where, you know, one's in the ambulance, one's in the uh, the police car, and we don't see the girl. You know, that, that just seems like too clean of a an ending. Right. Sort of like, oh, we're done. That's it. Leave. Um, but yeah, it, it seems kind of unnecessary for it to end the way that it did. I'd like to think that they did it because... They're juxtaposing the craziness that can happen in suburbia, but then the next day things just go back to normal. Like it, it doesn't matter what madness is lurking around the corner in the home down the street. Next day, everything just goes back to normal. You go back to school, mm -hmm. kids go back to playing soccer. Like it's just life again, you know? Mm -hmm. I kind of like that juxtaposition because they set it up. Like that's the whole film. The premise of the whole film is this is a normal, nothing special about it. Suburbia town, mm -hmm. this insane <laughs> event accidentally happens and triggers all these other insane events. Mm -hmm. And yet all the kids at school, like one kid heard about that drug dealer dying and he was pissed that he couldn't get his weed anymore. Like he wasn't <laughs> concerned yeah. about the kid that died. Like no one cares that yeah, these no children are dying. Killed themselves. Well, presumably kill yeah himself. no one cares yeah. that they're gone they just care that hey my day is kind of ruined by this event i'm gonna go about my day now you know it's just it, it, it just goes right back to that scene where the kid's running down the hall crying mm -hmm. why why did that happen no one cares no one's investigating no one's going mm -hmm. after him to find out if he's okay just that he's crying down the hall and that's exactly what happened between josh and zach their lives were crying down the street and then everyone just ignores it and goes about their day mm -hmm. i mean i if that's what they intended, I think it's a kind of beautiful way of, of wrapping it up. Yeah, no, if that was the case, I can definitely appreciate yeah, that. A little headcanon there. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, yeah, I got an email uh, when I sent out the notice this morning, and uh, the email was from someone who saw it in the theater, and they said, I saw this opening week in the local theater. When the unexpected inciting incident happened, the katana through the neck, the entire row I was seating, uh, I was seated in got up and walked out. As a couple <laughs> shuffled past me, a woman sounded like she was hyperventilating while her partner was physically supporting her. And the last 10 minutes or so of the film had him on the edge of his seat, having to remind himself to breathe. 
It was so intense. That's awesome. I God, I always crave experiences like that in the theater. Like really the last time I got anything that pleased me as far as like audience reaction was um was it was the chapter one of it. Like there was a whole family sitting in front of us that just like that's they were in a movie. Not watching a movie. They were in a movie. Mm-hmm. And it was so great because they all reacted exactly as they're supposed to and screamed at the top of their fucking lungs. Wow. And like, no, 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 don't do it. And it's just like, <laughs> I fucking love that. Yeah. I love that. I miss I miss theaters. That's what it was like when I saw House of the Thousand Corpses in the theaters. Ooh. Uh, it's one I wish I would have seen in theaters with a uh, you know full audience on a Friday night. It was badass. It was very interactive. I'll say <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah. So uh, this uh, let's talk about the awards that it won, and then we'll get into. Um, well, first of all, IMDb rated this a six point six out of ten stars. Rotten Tomatoes has it ninety percent certified fresh, which is big for a, a, That's this type of a film. Pretty fucking surprising. And only a seventy two percent audience score. A movie like this I can get because right. you're dealing with hard subject matter like they're kids mm-hmm. <laughs> like that automatically makes it horrible and you know kids are sacred you can't kill them right. so okay. I can get that okay. I just figure if this is the type of film that you're going to watch why would you give it a 73% it seems like this is this is easily above 80s no matter what yeah I my mind, but... absolutely oh you know what I never set up and asked what our ratings were. <laughs> so I don't have it set up. We'll get there. Uh, ah! Okay. Usually I, I preload images to, in order to do that, but I didn't do that this time. Damn it. It's been a while. We're, yeah, that's we're true. Practice. It has been a while. Um, all right. So this won the Best Feature Film Award at the 17th uh, Nakatl International Fantastic Film Festival. I already mentioned it won Best Sound Design. Uh, it received a nomination for the Saturn Award for Best Independent Film at the 44th Saturn Awards. And uh, at the 33rd Independent Spirit Awards, Kevin Phillips was nominated for the Someone to Watch Award. Uh, that was the director. Hmm. What, was your, what was your favorite part of this film? So, it's kind of a tough one. Like, I really enjoyed the opening um after all the kids met up and then like as they're crossing the bridge like there's just that sets up the entire fucking movie how the three kids are totally perfectly normal but josh is just like fucked and you can just tell the way that you know he's standing on the bridge and it it sets up that you know you're gonna see a death on that bridge or at least there's going to be one there um i really appreciated that and then of course the katana in the throat like that whole scene you know the the leading up to it had my butthole puckering <laughs> the act it's like oh and then watching him take off was just so like of course he would do that what the fuck else are you supposed to do yeah. <laughs> you just got knifed in the fucking throat run home um <laughs> yeah god those those it's a toss-up between those two scenes i think my favorite that was great my favorite i think of the the first dream sequence that that mm-hmm. that thing freaked me out big time it just felt too real <laughs> to my own personal <laughs> life i was just like oh shit oh shit i don't like with they like because daryl daryl's a big kid like he is mm-hmm. a really large kid compared to the rest of them and so mm-hmm. he has this weight 
I mean, literally, but there's just this presence to him that is kind of scary because, again, it presents him as kind of not having it all there. Uh, and so you don't know what he's going to do. And then he's fucking dead. So what is a dead kid going to do? Like, yeah. you don't know. He's going to rip the guy's face off. He's going to, like, I don't know, bite his fingers off. I, I, there's endless possibilities. And it all was just sitting in my head going, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Josh is screwed. Or Zach is screwed. I mean, yeah, that, that freaked me out. What was your least favorite part of this film? So I wouldn't say that it's necessarily, like, a, a specific scene or anything. But just... Eh, and I didn't get it the first time. Hmm. So it's sort of me just kind of nitpicking the movie. Um, but again, it's just, it's set up as, you know, two kids experience with a, uh, an awful, awful thing. We really don't get any of Josh's side of this. Um, right. Like the only part of Josh's or anybody else's, you know, experience with this whole, you know, scenario is through Zach's eyes. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess it bothered me because I would have loved to have seen everything else happen. Not necessarily everything else happen, but like the, the downward spiral of Josh's sanity. Like I wanted to see that. Cause I love that aspect about right. movies where somebody goes crazy. The whole right. going crazy part is you know, just super fascinating to me. But yeah, if I had to pick something, it, it'd be that. Yeah. I, I almost think I, I don't, I, I'm not convinced it would be a better film having that in because without it, it's the constant is Zach assuming Josh is doing it. Is he mm-hmm. the one sort of losing it? Like we, we don't see That's anything fair. overt from Josh, just suggestion. And so that could be because it's all through Zach's lens. Mm-hmm. That could just be Zach losing it. And he's the one striking out and hitting walls and breaking his hands and pounding on desks and stuff and having these crazy dreams maybe this is all in his head and then Josh really isn't freaking out. But, and, and so it's that what if, that. like, is it right or wrong? You know, if they would have shown it, I would have loved to see that stuff because you do get to see that. It's one of the reasons why I appreciated Rob Zombie's Halloween is because you saw mm-hmm. this, this character descent in Michael Myers. You saw where he came from. You saw what it was like to be him and where his mind was. I like that. I like that's why I like serial killers. I, I like the idea of people that are just off. They're just mm-hmm. different, and so they have these different notions, these different experiences, this different way of interpreting things. Yeah, I don't know. I think that would have been cool too. I, I'm not sure it would have been the same type of a film though. No, I agreed. The, the second guessing. Um, I didn't notice it, and I didn't have a, a bad until you brought it up. The bike, not taking the bike from the the crick <laughs> when you're Down a kid that's your car you don't yeah, leave your bike absolutely. that is your sole mode of transportation and mm-hmm. you're not going to leave it anywhere it's a huge deal if your bike gets stolen mm-hmm. you would not leave it he would not have left it no that just no not me. at all now that yeah, really like, bugs me <laughs> yeah like even like when i was 19 that was the last time i owned a bike i had owned two cars at that point and I still like that oh. was a sacred object to me was my bike. Yeah. So yeah, that that did seem kind of weird. Wild. All right. Um, should we do ratings or is there anything else? Yeah, you want absolutely. To cover? No, I think we pretty much well covered it. Um, so as far as me, I'd say three banana stickers. Three banana stickers. I'm not going to switch like, over because I don't know if I have that cute. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's fair. Um, 
it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it again. I'll absolutely watch it again. Um, there's just a few things that were kind of off for me. Um, but all in all, it was a pretty good movie. Um, totally fair. I, I've got to go three and a half. Um, I, I really, really, really resonated with this from the nostalgia angle, mm-hmm. from this twisted worldview, personal experience angle. Um, I didn't kill anyone with a fucking katana, but <laughs> this stuff just, it, there's something that's so real about it to my mm-hmm. own personal life experience that I, I don't know. It's, it's like, you know, it's just a couple steps removed from my reality, you know, the mm-hmm. way I see things. And so I have to like that. I can't give it a four because it's just not a four. In my no. opinion. It's not no. that good. It is great. And I, and I liked, I liked it a lot more the second time because I started paying attention to the score and stuff. Mm. And I started thinking about the themes and I really love that side of it because this is a seemingly on the nose film, but there are, you can go as deep as you want with themes in this. Mm-hmm. Um, with the suggestion and the the way that the the writers and directors are presenting you with abstract ideas early on from that first opening scene with that mm. elk or the deer or whatever it was very interesting stuff so yeah it, it's a thinking man horrors film uh if you want it to be or it's just mm. a nice watch you know that'll kind of fuck with you for a little bit but it yeah. doesn't sit with this, you after yeah. right no no definitely not like, I, I would almost compare this to a Ty West film, but, yeah, of course, the difference is it doesn't sit with you afterwards. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's nice, fun, one-and-done type of thing. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's another reason why it kind of bugged me that it was compared to Donnie Darko, because I still think about Donnie Darko from time to time. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Well, because you watch it the first time, and it's like, holy shit, this is a great movie. And then you start thinking, what the fuck did I just watch? (laughs) And then every time you watch it, there's something else that you find that's new that makes you think about this other thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, no, that's I definitely wouldn't compare it to Donnie Darko in that sense. Yeah, because as soon as like as soon as I watched it, I texted you the first time, said, "Have you seen this film? We got to talk about it on on Satanist on Cinema." Um, And then after that, I just forgot all about it until you texted Mm -hmm. me back, and then. I was like, oh, yeah, let's watch that again. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot how good this was. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't sit with you afterward, but it is a good sit through. Um, Three and a half for me. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to cover? I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you all uh, once again for tuning in to this live episode of Satanist on Cinema. Uh, You can find all of my satanic uh, series on reverendcampbell.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel, like the video, and uh, sign up to the email list to get notified about whatever we're going to do next. So thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, hell Satan. Hell Satan. Still no outro. Well, don't we have a question to ask? Ooh, should we do the contest question? Uh, I think we should do the contest question. All right. For those of you who want to enter the contest, you have to be paying attention now (laughs) and not leaving. (laughs) But here's the contest question. And uh, I'm not going to tell you what the prize is, but there is a prize. Contest question is this. What was the name of the actress Charlie Tahan's character in Ozark shacked up and was sleeping with? If you can give me that in the discussion, in the uh, the uh, comments below, the first person to give me the right actress's name, uh, that Charlie Tahan's character in Ozark moved in with and had sex with, then uh, you're going to get the 
reward. You're going to get the prize, the grand prize. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you know the answer to this? Do you know who I'm talking about? Nope. Never watched oh, Ozark. You haven't watched? Oh, you would love Ozark. That's what I hear. If you get That's a chance. 